superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The two pet peeves of mine for college football. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. People are absolutely fine with college football games taking four hours. And then the other one is the college football players coming up to the line of scrimmage. I see a photograph of the White House. I see a photograph (laughs) of this. Okay, now we're ready for a play. Do I sound old? Today's guests. From NBC Sports, Peter King. NFL Network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah. Plus, your phone calls, NFL preseason analysis, and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host sitting here in the chair. The Rich Eisen Show. Thus, my name and the name of the show and this chair and you. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here. So much to discuss as the next National Football League game that we see being played is for keeps. It's for real. It is going to happen 10 days from now between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is now every preseason game is in the books. And there is, as I mentioned, so much to discuss. Chris Brockman is back from his walkabout or shutdown in uh, in Tampa, Florida with all his buddies. Yes. His, fantasy, yes. uh, his fantasy draft yes. just ended three seconds ago, just in time for him to focus on today's show. Can't wait to hear all the stories so of long. exactly the reason why I despise your league <laughs> yep. and why I would never take part in it. Good to see you over there, Mike Del Tufo. Yes. How are you, sir? Good. I missed my single shot. Yeah, by the way, Del Tufo oh, yeah, had a single. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. The camera has yet to be repositioned. I think the camera's still in place, isn't it? No. It has not no. has been changed. No, nah, I got changed this morning. Uh, see? There it is. Uh, you look great on that single, Chris. I'm protesting. Mike, I'm not talking anymore. Actually, so uh, what we're going to have to do is get through all three hours of this show, <laughs> and then we'll review to see if it stands, because it's under protest. It's officially <laughs> under protest. Rich, thumbs oh, down. I thumbs, thumbs down. down. Thumbs, thumbs down. down, man. I thumbs, thumbs down. down. Thumbs up. TJ Jefferson, what a show this is going to be for you. Because not only are we going to be discussing what the thumbs down is and in uh, in Queens and City Field, Mets and all that sort of business, but we will preview the NFC East on this program. We're going to take a division every single day mm-hmm. from here all the way until kickoff because we're off on Labor Day one week from today. We're taking one last breath before we inhale and then exhale right around the Super Bowl. Hey, Rich, can I just tell America this and the world 
<laughs> we're starting with NFCs. I beg not to start with NFCs because you know what team plays NFCs, but that was uh, that was overruled. It's, it's, so yeah, that's what it is. Outvoted. Yes, we're just uh, gonna get get it over with, yeah. I suppose. The and, Giants, the Giants play in the NFCs. Yes, yes. Right? Daniel Washington. Jones looked pretty good actually in his preseason game Last against place. the Patriots. Number four. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. So there is, uh, as I mentioned, lots to uh, discuss here uh, on this show. So um, hey. Still the best dad ever. I see you. I am still the yeah. best dad ever. It was a heck of a weekend in my household, which yeah, I will uh, discuss. My son is now uh, a, man. a man in the eyes of the Lord. Yes, they had a bar mitzvah over the weekend. Um, so here's the deal. Um, so much, as I mentioned, to discuss in the preseason contest. We still have a couple of quarterback decisions outstanding. Uh, the one in San Francisco and the one in New England. Everything else has been settled. Um, everything else has been settled. The Jacksonville Jaguars, as we know, is going they're going to start um, Trevor Lawrence in Dallas against the Cowboys in a final preseason game. The Jaguars threw Trevor Lawrence out there, giving him every possible rep that he can have and handle. And guess what? He looked terrific. At one point, even like, you know, he did one of those Ben Roethlisberger shoulder shimmy shakes to get, uh, you know, a defensive back off his game. couple touchdowns for Trevor Lawrence going into the season. An excellent performance for him as he will be bursting with energy going into his week one contest against the Houston Texans. And I can't wait to see what he will look like this year. Him and Urban Meyer, we're going to get that 13 days from now on the first Sunday of the season. We're going to get that. The Jets and Zach Wilson... Um, going to take on the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold, who's getting ready for his first go-round with somebody other than the New York Jets. That's 13 days from now. We also know that Justin Fields is going to be sitting 13 nights from now here in Los Angeles on the first Sunday night game of the season in SoFi Stadium with the Bears and the Rams. We're going to see Andy Dalton out there, no Justin Fields. In 13 days from now, we're going to see Jameis Winston get his first start as an NFL quarterback for somebody other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be for the New Orleans Saints. And the New Orleans Saints are going to be taking on the Green Bay Packers with Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback. So we know about that quarterback situation. That is handled. We know 13 Sundays from now, 13 days from now, on that first Sunday of the season, we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater stroll out for the Denver Broncos. Maybe they'll be wearing their orange uniforms against the New York Giants. Maybe they'll be wearing their, wearing their road whites, most likely, because the Giants will be wearing their home blues. And it'll be Teddy Bridgewater getting a start for a team that's not named the Vikings, the Jets, or the New Orleans Saints. Panthers. And the Panthers. <laughs> He'll get his fifth shot at starting for an NFL team. For the Denver Broncos. So you got that quarterback situation. Jalen Hurts has played just two series in the preseason. That's his gig in Philadelphia. We're expected to see Joey Burrow out there for week one for the Cincinnati Bengals. That'll be fun to watch him back there and hopefully moving around very spry. Nice standing O yesterday for him. Josh Allen going into the season where we're all expecting... A potential MVP campaign, one of the top 10 players in the NFL, as was announced this weekend. 
he wound up being number 10. Maybe we should review my work based on what we saw, the actual work from the NFL player group, peer group that voted him. He was phenomenal. He was just phenomenal in his final preseason action, looking like he did not take a day off. Throwing missiles. He was just amazing. Bills fans have to be totally fired up about him being out there and looking as he does. But we all knew he was going to be the starting quarterback. Two outstanding issues. Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, both ran one in yesterday. Garoppolo smashing his way in, and you're like, what are you thinking, Jimmy? (laughs) That was so dumb. (laughs) Certainly since he was smiling with the Cheshire Cat this past week. I don't know if you saw that soundbite while you were in Tampa, Chris, but he was smiling when uh, he was asked if he knows who the starting quarterback yeah, is. And he said he does that. have a good idea. And then, <laughs> yeah. well, you're smiling. This must be something good for you. And he just said, but it'll be up to the coach who says he's just going to do it when he feels like it. <laughs> Trey Lance, man, the plays that they were running yesterday, looks like they're beginning to get show you just a little bit. Let's lift the kimono a touch as to what's going to be going on there, Ray man. Oster, from, about, from about five yards in. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if if Garoppolo is going to take a single snap this season from inside the ten. Uh, I mean, the idea that who's got it? Who's Why got it? He? Is it any of your two guys in the backfield? Yeah. Could it be the wide receivers who who's coming across for one of those jet sweeps, or is it your quarterback and Trey Lance who's got it? Look out! That moment where he was running it in against the Raiders yesterday like in a flag football touchdown because the Raiders defense I'm no sure clue, the had, no had no idea who had it oh man that's when I reached for the phone and I saw how Daniel Jeremiah was talking about it I'm like we got to get DJ on the phone today and he will be joining us in hour number two of this program right in the middle of the NFL Network talent zoom that I'm missing because oh. I'm sitting on this set can you have it on, but be on mute? I'm, I should I should be doing that right now. But I told DJ, just turn your camera off. They won't have to know. They don't know. Even though you're on a national TV and radio <laughs> syndicated program. <laughs> that they gets feed And then the network. other thing I want to talk to him about, is it Mac or Cam? Cam or Mac? Mac or Cam? Belichick was asked that today by Tom E. Curran. Can't wait to show that for you later on. And I think we're going to get Tom on the show to show his work and how he got his question out. Belichick's not going to give you an answer. I don't think he's going to give you an answer until uh, after game one. Why'd you start this guy, Bill? <laughs> and then it'll be just like, I just we have best chance to win. We're, we're moving on to the right, Jets. Right. Is, week two. is X starter in week two? I don't, uh, know. I don't know. Who knows, man? I don't know how he's going to handle it. It's the first time in his career I think he's had a first-round drafted quarterback and a veteran and that there's an open competition for who's the quarterback going to be. I mean, it was Bledsoe's job until he got hurt, and then Brady right. comes in. But even then, there were the questions when Drew was back, are you going to stick with Tom? Exactly. Well, he was going with a hot hand, wasn't he? Yep. And the rest is clearly history. And then there's one name that came out of nowhere this weekend, and it appears to be somebody who's front and center in advance of week one of this season. And his name is Deshaun Watson. Hey, now. Didn't see this one coming. But there is apparently a ton of smoke with Charles Robinson of Yahoo giving out a thread on Saturday 
getting ready for my bar mitzvah, my kid's bar mitzvah at home, and all my, oh, what's this? <laughs> Sources tell Yahoo Sports the Dolphins have emerged as the front runner in trade discussions for Deshaun Watson. The Texans are seeking, get this, three first-round picks and two second-round picks in negotiations, according to a team that dropped out of the talks. Robinson also said in the next tweet that the Panthers, Broncos, and Eagles were in some element of trade consideration, but Watson's contractual right to approve the trade destination, signed off on by Houston ownership and his last extension, is weighed heavily in trade opportunities. Last being that teams have angled for pick protections in any trade to mitigate a potential, and this is, I mean, this is wild. I've never seen anything like this. For a potential NFL suspension or criminal prosecution tied to ongoing investigations by the FBI, <laughs> Harris County prosecutions, Houston PD, into sexual assault allegations from multiple women. How about that for a trade high wire act? Now then, you all know how I feel about Tua Tungavailoa. I like him. I like him a lot. I liked him in college. I understand why so many teams did like him, and I understand why he got a shot last year, even though Ryan Fitzpatrick was performing well. And I understand how he struggled and sometimes needed Fitzmagic to be pulled out of the hat like a rabbit by the Dolphin staff to clean up uh, the mess on Isle Tua in December. I get it. I understand how Tua was saying, you know, he... He's more prepared this year. He understands a lot more. He's getting it a lot more. And I saw what I saw on preseason, and I understand it's just preseason. I, for the life of me, have no idea how the Miami Dolphins could pull off a trade for Deshaun Watson and cough up any of this for Deshaun Watson without knowing 100% for sure that there is no there there involving whatever is going on with Deshaun Watson in Houston and that there's no other there there. Who the hell thought this was going on with Deshaun Watson to begin with? I mean, you're seeing in in all walks of life when somebody is under the microscope for anything, even if they're saying something silly on a podcast about eight years ago Hmm. and they've got the crown jewel of television jobs placed in front of them and then they lose said job. And you're wondering, is there anything else there? When there's something there, you got to wonder if there's something else there. And you might be buttoned up on all this stuff, but the who the hell knows what this is going on with Deshaun Watson? So this has got to be, in my mind, if I'm Stephen Ross, and I understand my name's not all over our alma mater's campus like he is for business decisions. If I'm Stephen Ross, I'm like, okay, what, what are we doing here? We drafted this kid... Fifth overall last year, and now we're trading him away. We're going to let him think or know that he's out before week one, and then we play him until we find and then and then we'll find out what's going on. So then what? Then it's Jacoby Brissett's job to take us home this year? If Watson, now we lose him for six games? Oh, okay, so we don't give up the two, it now becomes a four. The one that we give up now becomes, what, a two or a three? Is that how it works? Like, what? Why would you do something like that on the eve of a season? Watson's as great a talent as there is. And as a matter of fact, you're wondering, like, is it entirely possible? And that's part of the reason why we're having Peter Peter King on in a second. Um, According to um, the Miami Herald, I, I don't watch local Miami television, Drew Rosenhaus, who doesn't, represent Watson, but as the article 
um, here, written by two members of the staff, said, called him well-informed, I would say so. <laughs> I'd say the guy's yeah. plugged in. Yeah. Quote, I wouldn't be surprised to see Deshaun Watson with the Miami Dolphins for the first game of the regular season. The Dolphins are absolutely working on this deal with the Texans. There are obviously holdups with compensation. I do think there's a legitimate possibility that Dolphins will acquire one of the best players in the NFL in Deshaun Watson, which he is when nothing else is it in consideration. If he can clear those legal hurdles, that's a that's a large if, isn't it? Big if. The Dolphins have a franchise quarterback for the first time since Dan Marino. Quote, unquote, that's from somebody who knows the area very well and has been around the football scene in Miami forever and a day. And I just, I, I don't for the life of me understand it at all. I totally get swapping out Tua for Deshaun Watson, all things being equal, you know. And we saw, you know, Rosen swapped out for Kyler Murray. Kind of works. And I know that might be apples and oranges, but we're we're still, it's it's just a different pew in the same church, quite frankly. <laughs> and you know, I, I, I'm 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 totally understanding the football aspect of it. But there are so many you can't even say moving parts. You can't even call it a fluid situation. It's 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 awful yeah. what is been alleged here, and have no idea. How many more could be there? And you, this has got to be buttoned up and done. And we have to know from the NFL what they're going to do. And we have to know from the prosecution in Harris County what they're planning to do. And the Houston Police Department, what they have in a police report. And I need to know every last thing before I'm trading a single thing away at the eve of a season that's set up for Tua with his college teammate Jalen Waddle. I know Will Fuller's on the staff there in the receiving position, essentially because he and Deshaun Watson connect very well. Certainly if Deshaun has the ability to approve a trade to their spot, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson's working his way back. Is there is there one person who's even remotely not rabbit roadrunner fast on that receiving core? They're set up to be fast and quick, and yeah, Deshaun Watson would fit that. But I was stunned to hear something like that. Unless we're going to hear right on, like it's one goes with the other. Trade is, and he's now settled. And now there'll just be questions as to what's been settled. Right. And, you know, as we all know, there have been tons of players who have played under those circumstances and have been very successful. And if there's still all that if, like in that statement from one of the most plugged in agents in Drew Hosenhaus saying that if he can clear those legal hurdles, if that's cleared, done. If not, no shot. Go to work with Tua. See what year two looks like. You're Tua with Tua. <laughs> man, I feel bad for Tua. Well, I, I, you know what, man? That is life in the old big city in professional sports. And yeah, it is. you know who's saying hold his beer is the current starting quarterback in Philadelphia. So it's okay. just there but for the grace goes anybody who's drafted in the NFL. And they must see something, I guess. And even they, Brian Flores was asked all about this, saying I'm not commenting on it and we have confidence in Tua. Well, guess what? Clearly you don't. And you could sit here and say, well, Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. Yes, with everything being equal. Right. It's <laughs> not equal at all. Yeah. 
Peter King's going to join us. Let's be remotely on time for him. We also have on this show Daniel Jeremiah. What is he seeing in all of the all-22s that he's looking at? Does he like the decision the Bears have made with Justin Fields? And who does he think the 49ers and Patriots should start? So much to talk about with him. And with you at 844-204-RICH. What an incredible finish in golf yesterday. Patrick Cantley and Bryson DeChambeau going at it. And then we give thumbs up. Thumbs up to the story that has everybody in New York City given a different digit into the direction of the New York Metropolitan. <laughs> That's next right here on this Monday edition of the Rich Eisen Show with you. 844-204-RICH, number at all. Peter King coming back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the most pissed off you made Nick Saban ever? Oh, when I took the sack second and 26 <laughs> in a national in championship. That game. <laughs> you mean the one that you immediately made up for with an amazing play yes, that sir. put you on the map? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that, that sack? Yeah. Okay. That was the sack. So um, walk me through how that, uh, how, what he said to you, if you can, in a, in a certain way on a live yeah, well, radio I, TV broadcast. I mean, I could only see it on camera, you know, um, how mad he, he was. That was probably the most pissed off, though, I, I, I think he's ever been. I mean, he, 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 was, he was squeezing his headset so hard. <laughs> and then, um, you know, like, it was hard because the emotion was, like, so mad to so happy, you know, so fast for him. And, you know, we got into the locker room when everything settled down. I mean, he was still still the same coach, you know, yeah. he pulled me to the side. Like, what, what were you thinking? You know, um, so like after, you won, after you won the game mm-hmm. and you picking confetti out of your hair, he still took a moment yeah, in that being, moment to revisit yeah. that. Sack. Yeah. Being who he is, I mean, you know, he, he pulled me to the side. And he said, you know, well, why did you take this hat? Right. You know, and I, I thought it was a good time to joke with him. You know, so I, <laughs> I mean, we, we won the national championship. So I told him. I told him, well, you know, we, we needed more room to throw the ball, coach. You know, and, like, he looked at me, and, like, I was laughing. He's like, that's not funny. <laughs> so, so, I mean, Come I didn't on. know what else to do in that situation. I was like, okay, I, I'm sorry, coach. So I shook his hand, and he just moved off. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, man. I wow. love that story. Yeah. That made my favorite story the whole week. So you just figured, yeah, hey. I was like, oh, maybe. Wanna? Yeah. yeah. Thought it was a good time to joke, but it wasn't. Yeah, nope. It's never a good time, I guess, in that respect. Oh, boy. Fun stuff. 
from uh, back in the day on our Super Bowl coverage in Miami, having no idea that Tua was going to wind up there in a couple of weeks and go through that regular season last year. And now, is he going to start week one against the... It's amazing. Could, is it possible week one is Deshaun Watson versus Mac Jones or Deshaun Watson versus Cam Newton or Cam Newton versus Tua or Mac Jones versus Tua? It's like the <laughs> Alabama Bowl, you know? You know, I don't know or man. or it's, it's the or it's the Iron Bowl, right? It's the Alabama Bowl, Mac versus Cam, the Iron Bowl, which is Cam versus Tua, right? National Championship rematch, which is Tua, which is uh, Sean versus, versus. Well, that will never happen. We'll see, man. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Uh, this man's uh, football morning in America column has been uh, just as must read as his uh, longtime column and his previous spots. He is part of NBC Sports for quite some time, and he helps kick off our week before opening kickoff coverage of the twenty one NFL season. None other than Peter King. How are you, Peter? Hey, Rich. I'm great. How about you? I'm trying to make heads or tails of the Charles Robinson report and why Miami would do such a thing. And what's going on? Is there is there any much there there um, 10 days before the season begins and 13 days before the Dolphins have to go up into Gillette to start the season that Deshaun Watson and the Dolphins are doing a dance with each other right now? I wish I knew, Rich, but I don't know. Um, you know, I, I wish I was inside this story right now but i'm not and give credit to charles robinson for uh for uh some good information over the weekend um it's very very hard for me to believe that the dolphins would do this or quite frankly right now that houston would do this i mean houston clearly wants to be rid of deshaun watson understandably but how are you going to get your best deal right now when Deep down inside, you know, I don't know how anybody could know what the fate of Deshaun Watson is, you know, whether, uh, you know, what's going to happen to him legally. I mean, is it possible that he could spend time in prison? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. But is that possible? Uh, I mean, just what exactly is possible? No one knows. And so, therefore, I, I find it um, I find it really kind of hard to believe that a team right now would trade for him not knowing what exactly he's going to be able to do for you this year and how much this legal situation is going to chase him down the road into the future. It's just would it, it it would shock me to be honest with you, Peter, and it's already shocking me that there's a you know a possibility of it happening cuz Charles Robinson as you know has got his He's, he's got T's crossed and I's dotted. And so um, I, I just don't understand why. Like, what would be the point that you might be able to acquire Deshaun Watson on the cheap at the expense of kind of upsetting the 21 but apple cart? That's, like, why, that's why it's a dumb idea for Houston to do it right now. I mean, why would you, why would you make this trade before? I mean, you just have to take, the crap that comes with employ, employing Deshaun Watson right now. If you're the Houston Texans, you're not winning anything this year anyway. Uh, you basically have the roster of an expansion team. So, you know, if you're not winning anything this year, 
then what sense does it make to take a deal that would be below market? I can't, I mean, Nick Casario would, you know, if he takes a 50% of, of Watson's value when Watson is, is free and clear of everything, he ought to be fired. I mean, you know, it does, it just doesn't make any sense to rush into this. You know, the Texans, what the Texans should do is basically say, look, we're going to pay your salary this year. Just stay away. And we're going to pay your salary, stay away, and we're going to trade you next off season. And it's incumbent on you to get your uh, to get your legal situation taken care of, so we can trade you next off season. Peter King here on the Rich Eisen show. So you were with Baltimore when they found out about Dobbins. Is that where you've been in the last? I wasn't hours? with Baltimore. No, I was there last week for a day. And- okay. Spent time with Dobbins. I had never met him before, and uh, he's really a delightful guy who was so incredibly uh, excited about um, you know about about playing and about being in the nirvana for an NFL running back, which is Baltimore. I mean, they've averaged uh, you know they've they've run it fifty six percent of the time over the last two years, nobody does that anymore. Hmm. And he knew that he was in a solid gold place. And yet on the ninth play of uh, the game on Saturday night, that meant absolutely nothing. His season went down the tubes. So, uh, yeah, I wrote about that today. I just, I really ended up feeling for this guy so much after uh, meeting him and talking to him and, and and having a big role on a great team, he said, for him is for the same is the same for mo- for most other people as breathing. That's oh. that's like all he wants to do in the world. So um, I spent yesterday really kind of bummed out for for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I mean, what a horrible turn of events for him, and obviously the Ravens right on the eve of of the season, and you know. Uh, Cam Akers didn't get hurt in a preseason game, but that's another significant young yeah. running back entering year two that would have been in a perfect position as well. Um, but what, what's the general sense now that this preseason is in the books that uh, the concept of the three games, uh, is there any thought about um, curtailing it off of some of these injuries that we have seen? I mean, it happens all the time. If We kind of forgot. It happens it, all the time, Rich, but I, I mean, look – you know, could there slash should there be two preseason games? Probably. Every time I hear a coach say, oh, we need to evaluate the players, we need the three games, you don't play half your roster. You know, you, two games should be plenty of time to evaluate the 68th guy on your roster. Plus, you're going to practice with one or two other teams. Most teams do that now. So it's, it's silly to think that these games are needed. But the fact is, there are going to be some teams, some very, very good teams. You know, the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bill Belichick, uh, you know, and the Patriots. They play their guys in the preseason. And, you know, I mean, as much as part of me wants to say, man, you got to put these guys in bubble wrap till opening day. I think, I'm not saying there's just as much danger in that, but... You know, in so many cases, you know, the New York Giants, you need to see Daniel Jones 
try to figure out how he's going to be able to play with this awful offensive line. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get into the first game of the year against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb in the Meadowlands and say, oh, how are we going to figure this out now? Um, and so, I, again, I do think there's some value, especially for up-and-coming, growing teams, to play their guys in these games. Peter King here on the Rich Eisen Show. Based on who you saw and what you've seen now that training camp and preseason is in the books, and now we're just going to go back to our separate 32 corners and come out and start fighting, um, Who, which teams were you impressed by the most seeing thinking that either they're being slept on or they're going to be the biggest problem that we're not talking about right so now. I saw 20 teams rich and and so you know it's silly I like I didn't I wasn't in Cleveland for instance um and I mean there's 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 a lot of teams I didn't see they're going to be pretty good I wasn't in New England um but but I'll tell you there's three teams that are a little bit different than I thought they would be. Like okay. the Chargers, mm-hmm. in my opinion, have a chance to be a very, very dangerous team. They're obviously dangerous offensively. Uh, and if James and Bosa stay healthy, relatively speaking, which is a huge if, uh, particularly with James based on recent history, I think that they could end up giving the Chiefs a run for their money. I I mean, I know that sounds outrageous, but I really like uh, the Chargers. Um, the Steelers were better than I thought they would be. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's lost, I don't know, make a guess, 15 pounds, mm-hmm. I don't know. But he looked a little bit more life and, and, and light on his feet. Um, he just looked more athletic to me when I saw them. And that Pat Fryermuth, the, the, the tight end, I mean, he has got he's got Odell hands. He, he's he really, I think, might be a really big, good impact player. But obviously, so much of that is going to depend on whether an all new offensive line um, can mesh and play well early. And the other team I saw that uh, is speaking of offensive lines, you know, to think that the that that Kansas City is going to play a guy at left tackle who's never played it in the NFL, Orlando Brown, a great left guard in Joe Tooney, and then guys at center, right guard, and right tackle who have never played in an NFL game before. And that's the team you enter the season with. I mean, I think all is, all is great when you got Patrick Mahomes as your guy. And those young guys had a really, really good training camp. Trey Smith the right guard from Tennessee um, might have been a first or second round pick if he didn't have all of the health problems he had in college. But that, those are the three teams that I was really kind of fascinated by. And I don't mention Tampa because I think everybody believes Tampa is going to be really, really good again. And that um, with Tom Brady being healthy and knowing everything about the offense and already having had a great year last year, um, they're going to be pretty good, too. Well, let's get to Tampa, then. Um, Peter King here on the Rich Eisen Show. You've been there and done that quite a bit in your career, Peter. You're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but uh, when you sat down with Brady for your previous column, I imagine it's the first time you've ever sat down with a 44-year-old defending Super Bowl MVP <laughs> off of his seventh championship. Well, how did you find Brady when you chatted with him? 
Peter? Effusive, excited, um, you know, really, really happy, content with his life, happy he did what he did. Um, it's amazing, Rich, to think that he's 1,593 days older than any other football player in the NFL. <laughs> That's um, a great number. It's just, it's, abs- it's just absurd. It's absurd. Because not only does he look young, he acts young. And the day that I saw him, he was playing mentor slash teacher to a fourth-round smurf from North Texas State, a receiver named Jalen Darden. Um and he's really getting into that like role. It, last year was OJ Howard, and 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 the other guys. This year it's Jalen Darden. He has been really uh, uh, sort of uh, he, he's really come alive with a third down back like he had with James White in New England. Gio Bernard this year. And I told a buddy of mine who's a fantasy football player. I said. Look, I'm not altogether familiar with what really matters in fantasy football, but I do think that this guy, Gio Bernard, is going to score a lot of touchdowns and is going to have a chance to be a really good red zone player. Um, And again, I don't know what all that means, but he's going to touch it a lot. He's going to be really good. And, you know, if anything, and you don't know what's going to happen with injuries, but if anything, that offense is better. And you know what, Rich? It was funny. An hour after the Super Bowl, I was talking to Bruce Arians. You know, I was in the same building as he was, but we were talking on the phone because you couldn't meet in person then. And he said to me, you know, he said, it sounds crazy, but you know, the sad thing is we don't have more games to play. This is the best we've been all year on both sides of the ball, and it's it's just a shame the season is ending. And so... This was not a team that was weary at the end of the year. This is a team that was excited at the end of the year. So they've got a lot of different things going for them this year in Tampa. Peter King here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Your best guess on who the starter is for New England and San Francisco. Those appear to be the only outstanding quarterback issues as we're talking 10 days before the season. Peter. And both of them, well, I would be a little bit more confident in Jimmy Garoppolo because – you know, all along, um, you know, Trey Lance was going to have to be an A quarterback and Garoppolo a C-plus through training camp for for Lance to win the job, and I do not think that has been the case. Uh, in New England, I thought that, um, I mean, I think that, that Mac Jones is at a better training camp. There's no doubt he's at a better training camp. But has he knocked the champion out in the in the eyes of Bill Belichick? Not really. Um, if I had to guess, and that's all it would be, I'd guess that Cam Newton will start in New England. Because you know, I, I, I that's it's just again, it's so fascinating to me that the the Brady Belichick relationship that lasted twenty years, which is something we'll never see again. I mean, right. again, I mean, Reed and Mahomes have to play what sixteen more seasons. Like Mahomes and Reed yeah. are going to have to have Reed as his coach for sixteen more seasons to match it. It's insane. Right. It's insane that here we are, one year after the separation. Brady is the forty-four year old defending Super Bowl champ, and Belichick's got a first-round quarterback competition that's going on in training camp and with a revamped roster. Sony Michelle now on the Rams. The Patriots just fascinate me right now, Peter, and I, I think they have a chance to be really good this year. I'm wondering what you think. I think so, too. You know what I noticed? I watched their game last night, Rich, 
You know what you notice, and I, even though the Giants' offensive line stinks, you know what you notice about that defense in New England? They've got a lot of different weapons on that front seven that I think are really going to surprise people. You think of your uh, of your uh, Michigan Wolverine, Josh Uche, right. who to me was the most impressive guy in the game yesterday for, for New England on defense. And, and, you know, you think about, you think about the different kinds of pressure that they can get. You know, nobody knows who Dietrich Wise is, but he's, he's good. Josh Uche is good. Uh, Kyle Van Noy was really good, uh, when he was in New England the last time, and I still think he is. I think New England is a really fascinating team if they get even efficient play at the quarterback position. Last year, they got lousy play at the quarterback position. So, I mean, Rich, you and I probably both feel like it's only a matter of time before before Mac Jones plays. Right. But whatever happens, I agree with you. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be tough all along. I think didn't 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 you go into the off season thinking, well, now it's Buffalo, Miami, New England. I I would not put New England behind Miami now. I'm not sure I'd put them far ahead of Miami, but I'd probably put New England just a nudge uh, above Miami right now in that division. I certainly would if Miami goes and acquires a guy who could be put on the commissioner's exempt list at any point in time. You know, that's why I guess to bring this conversation full circle, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense until everything, every last chip has fallen where it's going to rest, period, before you make a trade like the one. I mean, I can't, I just can't see it. Now, look, it may be, it, it may be, that if the Dolphins, uh, you know, it's a very, very progressive organization, and they don't mind taking risks. Um, If the Dolphins feel like absolutely unequivocally, even if it isn't until opening day 2023, if they know that they want Deshaun Watson to be their guy and they can get him for a slight bargain right now and they've got to dump Tua, uh, which I would assume, obviously, he'd be involved in any in any trade like that. You know, maybe maybe they would do it. I just I do not see. I think it is. I'm not going to call it irresponsible, but I don't think it's smart to make a trade of that magnitude without knowing all of the conditions involved. And you can't know the conditions involved right now. Peter, thanks for the call. Uh, I look forward to chatting you with you so much more throughout another fascinating NFL season that we're so fortunate to have a front row uh, seat on with NBC and Peacock and all that. So thanks, Peter. Really appreciate it. Okay, Rich. Have a great week. Let's chat soon at Peter underscore King right here. Let's take a break. There's one more aspect of this Deshaun Watson rumored acquisition by the Dolphins that we're right. I didn't hit at the top of the show and not many people are talking about either. I'm going to hit on that and then we'll talk a little golf as the Scottish call it without the L. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Congratulations, Bruce. Congratulations. Oh, man. It's, it's still, it's just sank in about halfway up the river holding the Lombardi trophy and a shed of tears. Says, Holy shit, we did this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Coach, it really is a remarkable run that your team went on, obviously, from week 12 all the way through to that podium. And, and it's interesting. See, it, it didn't happen until the boat parade where it actually sunk in to you, huh? Yeah. It really did. I mean, I was going, I mean, okay, we got to Lombardi, we're on the boat, everybody's there, fans on both sides, and then we hit a certain spot, there was like fans hanging out of buildings and, and hotels and top rooftops, and I'm like, I got to Lombardi, and I'm like, even with my bad shoulder, I got it over my head going, all right, we, we won the damn Super Bowl. Now, when on Super Sunday did you say first cross your mind, Bruce, you've been there, done that, obviously, so you know anything can can change where you thought, okay, this, this, I think this is going to happen tonight. When was that for you? Not until Devin's interception at the end. I mean, you know, Patrick has come back so many times. He's such a great player. And, uh, until we intercepted that boss that there's just not enough time for them to get it back and, uh, <laughs> get us. And, uh, I put that hat on and, uh, all of a sudden I got my first Gatorade bath, uh, that actually hit me because the only other one I ever had was back at Temple, but I had brought a band new suit and I was not going to let them get me. I was quick back there. Rich. They couldn't catch me. <laughs> right. and, uh, but I just sat there and, and, when, and when the Gatorade hit me, it was like, I've been waiting for this for like 30 years. When you were here, Bruce, uh, on the show, okay, and you were, you were talking to me, I believe it was just after you left Arizona, and you said that you had retired as a family from coaching because you had mentioned that your wife was was kind of through with the ups and downs of coaching and maybe some of the health scares for you. And now I'm just wondering if you wouldn't mind just getting a little bit personal about what this sensation is for you now that you've won it all. You came back and you got that Yeah, trophy. I mean, we actually just got off a plane back here at the lake and, and to be home, uh, what she's been through for the last 50 years is, you know, our 50th wedding anniversary is June 12th. Mm. And hopefully COVID's over by then and we can have a party. But, uh, I mean, what she's been through, moving her 19 times and um, getting getting back here. Um, she's enjoyed this process this year as much as anybody. And I wouldn't have gotten back in coaching if she wasn't all in. And uh, she's been all in and Tampa's made it so, so special. Again, I cannot thank the Glazier family enough. Uh, for everything they've done for my family. That was the first radio interview that uh, Bruce Arians had as a super winning head coach. We appreciate that. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. 
The one aspect of the trade that's being rumored about Deshaun Watson and the Dolphins and the Texans all hooking up that is not clear Obviously, the compensation is not clear in terms of first-rounders and second-rounders. One team that was out of the running told Charles Robinson of Yahoo it's three ones and two twos, and obviously that doesn't that ain't going to fly when you're talking about a guy that could wind up on the commissioner's exempt list or obviously clearly far worse. Um, so, you know, it's like, well, if, then, but, that, and I don't even know how you figure all that out with slide rules and protractors or what have you. And number of games played and snaps and whether you make the playoffs and then right. it becomes a two, then it becomes a five and that becomes a four and then it's a six and the one becomes a two or two becomes a <laughs> one. I mean, it's just insane. But what about Tua? And I'm not just saying like, you know, why would the Dolphins ditch Tua? Would they really keep him? And then trade him elsewhere? Because I'm not hearing the Texans will take Tua back. And if you're getting all these threes and twos, Maybe you want your own guy. Maybe the Nick Casario, when he was evaluating that draft last year, sitting in New England, because you know New England's looking at every quarterback. Certainly, if they're going to be playing for the competition within the division, you're going to have them in. You're going to talk to them. You're going to look at their tape. You're going to know who they are. You're taking advantage of getting underneath the hood of these players while you can. Certainly, if they're going to wind up on a team that everybody, everybody knew that Miami was thinking about Tua the minute he looked off the safety in that <laughs> national championship game years ago. So the Patriots were probably, did, does Casario like Tua? Does he not? You can laugh all you want. He likes Davis Mills. Well, yeah, you can play him and see what he, you got in him when you've already spent your draft capital on him. And then you got all these other picks. You could, you could acquire whoever the hell you damn please currently in the NFL and currently in college football when you have all those picks. I'm not hearing that they'd get those picks and Tua. Are you? You seen that anywhere? I have not seen his name anywhere. Mm-mm. I've heard that the Texans aren't terribly interested in him. It hasn't been since the jump. Uh, then what? Then somebody else can take Tua off the Dolphins' hands and maybe replenish some of these picks that they're giving up. Well, let's look at the teams. Who needs a quarterback? I don't know. Who could it be? It could be it could be anybody. You could just name anybody. Would the Lions be interested in Tua? Of course they would be. You know, would they would uh, would the Vikings be interested in Tua for down the road once, you know, Cousins is through with his Major League Baseball pitching contract that that he's got in the NFL? I mean, what what, the Eagles might be interested in him? Jameis doesn't work out. So on and so forth. Yeah, but not right now. Not now. None of these teams would do that right now at all. Could you imagine the Eagles did that and Jalen Hurts? Hey, Jalen, sit down. No way. Got something. I got something to tell you. You know, but uh, this is all fantasy. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, and I don't understand it. I don't understand why you you 10 days before the season really kick the tires unless the Dolphins see something in Tua and know something about Tua that they didn't know throughout this entire process and have seen him that thinks it is untenable with him. I don't get it. I don't understand it because I don't see it, but I'm also not in the locker room. I'm not in a meeting room. I'm not anywhere with the Dolphins and this kid. Now then, how great was the BMW Championships finish yesterday in golf? Dude. That's one way to put it. Um, Just do me a favor as I go through this, Chris. Okay. About the finish between Patrick Cantley and Bryson DeChambeau. 
just don't walk around Sorry. the studio, okay? Don't try, walk I'll near try me. Not to. Just don't make some noises. I'm trying to concentrate. Yeah. What the hell was that? So Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> misses a makeable putt for a 59 over the weekend. And we're still talking about that because he could have used that stroke. And was also a harbinger, as my English teacher would say, about the future, Hmm. about missing putts. Cantlay was amazing. A six under 66 to force a playoff yesterday. An eight-footer for par on 16. An eight-foot bogey on 17 after he was wet off the Mm -hmm. tee. And then a 20-foot birdie on 18 to force the playoff when DeChambeau missed a 12-footer to win it in regulation. And that was and just the beginning. Just the beginning. <laughs> DeChambeau missed three birdies in the playoff. He had three opportunities to wrap it up in the playoff and could not do it. And then after all of that, puts one in the water on the fourth playoff hole on 18, where I didn't even know there was water, to be honest with you. Well, it's, way right. it's way right. It's way right. Way right. And then he, he drops there and gets it up and down for there to force another playoff hole. There was a little, like, Four foot creek that was kind of and he running found it. Through. He found it, dropped it in there, Dro- yeah. like straight in, straight right, shot, yeah, straight shot. That fourth, that forced a fifth playoff hole in which DeChambeau was still away because you know he was away starting the right. playoff. He's still away, and he wedged one over the flag on seventeen and drew it back to within six feet. And Cantlay with an eight iron put one inside of his. <laughs> that was the, amazing. And then eventually rolled in the putt to win it on the sixth playoff hole to make DeChambeau the first player in history to post a 261 over four rounds and not win. And Cantlay's won now three times on the tour this year and has the catbird seat position going into next week's finale. And he also clinched the sixth open final spot in the Ryder Cup. On the Ryder Cup team. What a weekend. Yep. And congratulations to him, too. He's also earned a nickname, apparently. <laughs> According to Cantley, he said he was hearing, because of all his clutch putting, he was hearing a chant of a nickname from the folks there in the uh, gallery. And the nickname was Patty Ice. (laughs) Patrick, let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk. Because that's not acceptable, as you know, around these parts. I've been trying to tell Mr. Matty Ice for over a decade that's not acceptable either. He won't take the natural. So, Patrick Cantley, there's the patrol out there, which has been rejected, admittedly, by Patrick Mahomes. I think it would suit you very well. We need to talk, is what I'm saying, to potentially the most successful golfer on tour. And I'm not stuttering. The patrol, it's coming. Hour one in the books. Let's keep going, though. Now, here. this is something I can get behind. Can you? Oh, I can get really? behind. Well, this is someone new. From another sport. From a diff- different sport. Patty and Ice. And it's a P, not an M. Like, I can get behind the, the patrol. Sure. Can you dig it? Just, I can dig it. Just anything away from Matt Ryan. Let's just move all of our focus to Patrick Cantlay. It's a Matt Ryan problem now? Because I keep knocking on the same door and well, he won't he, let me he in? Continually you got to move on. Yeah. you got to move on. No. I love you, but you got to move you. on. Thank you. That's the full... Soundbite. Patty, I mean, it was incredible. When I heard they were calling him Patty Ice. Oh, you're right. Like, oh, oh, baby. Come on now. Get me his cell number. 
Come on now. Come on in, Patrick. The water's fine. I mean, again, it's it's a beer that was popular a long time well, it's ago. It's popular among college kids it's who are correct. Yeah, right. Right. Rolling he, Rock. I, I think Cantley's 29 years old, right? I mean, Cantley's a man. Yeah. He's a grown ass man. Yeah. We can't have patty ice, you know. Hey, but that's ice water so, in his veins. I get it. The putter. I know that. But also, the patrol, yeah. as you know, would be somebody who is one of the best and is naturally great. It could be Smirnoff ice, too. He's from Long Beach. <laughs> yeah. He's from here. He's from here. Just yeah. down the road. Went to UCLA. I'm to sure. Yes, he's. I mean, I've taken my kids to the Long Beach Aquarium. I pass by UCL every single day. I know the area. I know, I know nicknames. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> no, I do. It's kind of my thing. I saw Patty Ice, and I'm like, oh, come on now. <laughs> what a performance yesterday was! Incredible. That one, you know, when when DeChambeau puts it. Within six feet with a wedge, you know, you're sitting there going, but that's like a 190 yard par three, that little downhill. Right. But it's also one of those when you're using a wedge, it's like, okay, you're going to be in danger. If you don't hit it right, it can be in the water. Oh yeah. And he hits it over the flag. Yeah. I mean, it was perfect. And then Cantley's like, all right, I got an eight iron. I'm not, I'm not Mr. Popeye here, but I'll uh, just throw a dart inside of it. That was to force his sixth playoff hole. And then rolls in the, uh, the, uh, 18 footer to win it. Great stuff, man. Yeah, he was awesome. And now he's going to be out there on the Ryder Cup. Hopefully he just won't, you know, stomp around. We'll talk about that still to come. But when we come back, oh, baby, meet the Mets. Greet the Mets. Step on up and flip off the Mets. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 